Line everything up. All right, here we go. What's up, Shay? What's going on? How you doing? Episode number five. All right. Shay, man, thanks for coming over. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, in true form, uh, we turn the cameras on. We turn the mics on. We have no background on this. Right. We just met you briefly and uh, wanted to have you come in. So you were in the Navy. Yes, sir. And you were a Navy diver. Right, sir. So what I did was um, I was actually a submariner at first when I first got in the military. What's a submariner? So a submariner is basically our whole, depends what kind of submarine you go on, which are like attached to because you have like your fast attack submarines, guided missile submarines, a ballistic. Um, I was on a fast attack submarine based out of Hawaii. So we did Westpac. And fast attack submarines are, we go on a lengthier deployment, how like, Guided missile submarines and ballistic submarine guys have, like, a gold crew and a blue crew, and they usually always out on deployments for, like, three months at a time. Then they'll switch to the crew. Fast attack submarines, you know, you're doing a straight six-month deployment, and you're out. But it, our On ship, is, right? Yeah, it's like, well, so it's just, like, just submersible. So, like, yeah, we go— You're underwater, underwater for six months? Right. So we do have breaks. We do come in, like, every now and then for, like, port calls yeah, or to do, do repairs and, like, liberty calls and stuff like that. But you're pretty much out to sea. There's times we're real underwater for, like, two months at a time. Yeah. Only coming up to do, like, a BSP, which is, like— uh, we get food from like they'll we'll go to like a coast of one of our allied countries or whatever, and they'll bring out food for us. And or we if something like a an emergency happened or whatever, where like we have to get some of our pers- personnel off and whatever, we'll um, put their personnel by, off those ferries, and then they'll go back in port, and then we just exchange people like that. But um yeah, fast attack submarines they're big on doing um basically an ISR, which is just like like recon work, surveillance and stuff. So our our main job as a uh, fast attack submarine is just like gather information hmm. but um so i was part of the administration department so i was like doing the uh, yeoman executive work and stuff like that uh starting off and then as i got like really good i got qualified and doing all the stuff that i wanted to do um i went to dive school because i was interested in being a diver and i like to doing the maintenance side I, like administration wasn't my thing and then um yeah i went to dive school did that and then became a diver and then that's what i just strictly did between that and i worked with a lot of like the weapons departments people so, so i was kind of like a hybrid essentially so to talk through that a little bit so how long were you in so i was i did four years in the military oh wow you did all that in four years yes sir yeah so, so that's like a lateral move and that's basically like kind of a special forces kind of a job right right or- to to an extent so like it's definitely like a, a close-knit community it's definitely like a different community from then um than like the surface navy you know so we wasn't special forces and say of like Combat. you had your eod guys or your search and rescue guys yeah. and stuff like that but we we did uh like collaborate with those guys a lot because like um i don't not for the fast attack submarine per se but for the guided and ballistic missile submarine guys i know that they have like a the seals have like a um this kind of detachment that we use that sometimes are on those submarines, right. and then the seals will like ride with them. And if they have to go somewhere like stealthily, they'll take that little submersible like attachment that's on that submarine, and then they'll go out and do whatever they you know those guys. Is that buds? Um, a basic underwater. Yeah. Demolition? So yeah. So that's not really buds. That's just like uh, I forget what that what that uh, craft is called. You gotta ask those really special forces guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. to really know. But yeah, no. Nah, but um, but yeah, no. So those guys like depending. But you have to be like the um like the special warfare boats for that so like the john warner or the on um, the sea wolf class like special operations boats like that we only have like two or three of them i believe but um yeah but uh submarines was like a different part of the navy like um surface navy is a totally different place from then the submarine 
like the submarine community because like uh for instance right uh aircraft carriers you have like five thousand guys on them stuff like that right there are times where i talk to some of the surface guys they never even met their chiefs their e7s you know like that's nuts exactly like and like it's just like you use a chain of command, man. Like, you, like if you got to talk, you if you ever meet your chief on the surface navy, I heard that like, you were in trouble, you know. Yeah. And then like, but you, you usually talk to your, your E fives and then your E sixes, and they're the guys that's running the division, and the E sevens are really just to supervise everything. But you're not in direct contact with them. For the submarine guys, we were with our chiefs every day. I was yeah. joking with my chief. I worked out with my chief. I worked out with, like, my chief of the boat, which was, like, our E-9. He was the guy that ran the submarine from the enlisted side. Like, I would joke with my CEO. So a closer stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a really close-knit yeah. community of guys because, like, on a submarine, you only have, like, 150 people on there. Yeah, I was going to say. And yeah, so, and then most of those times, like, it was, that still was a lot because we were still hot racking. You junior personnel, you had two racks. But if you were the most junior guy of those other two guys because you're splitting in between between three people, you were hot. You were like uh, jumping to the next yeah, rack. Hot so, seating exactly. Racks. So the yeah. guy gets off of watch. He's like, "Hey, newbie or nub? We call them nubs, not like non-useful bodies." Before you get your uh, warfare pin, which are your dolphins, that they'll wake up and they're like, "Hey, nub, go to the other rack." And then you got to get up, get all your stuff, and then like go to the next rack. And sometimes that'd be like a few hours before you watch, and then they'll wake you up, and then it's like, "Hey, time to go on watch," you know. But um yeah so but it was like a special community in a sense like we did some pretty cool stuff like some well, stuff I can't talk about but like we did a lot of like recon- reconnaissance work. that's so that's what your diving purpose was yeah recon- so my diving purposes mainly came when we were in port when it came to uh, doing like um, maintenance and stuff like that so doing welding? maintenance on like the sonar domes and stuff like that yeah sometimes it would either go from like welding every now and then that's very rare that's like an extreme case yeah. but most of it was usually just like either like uh, getting stuff off of there like if there was like one of the plates or stuff in, like underneath the boat that needed to be fixed or anything in a sonar dome where we needed to go mechanical, down in. Whatever, it's just mechanical yeah. work, yeah. So we would work on stuff like that. And um, that was like our main Underwater. Thing. Yeah, all underwater. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But then like when we were in, um, but when we were out to sea, Dive Division really didn't have like a big presence like that unless for emergency purpose where we had to go to a periscope depth to do anything. But like let's say like we're down underneath like, 400 feet then you know you're we're not diving under there you know what i mean because like most divers like even from the surface down there like first for one we don't have like a a compression chamber down there so we can't just like you know you can't just get deployed out in like 400 feet without you know just getting that um that like all that um decompression stuff that happens to your body you know how are your like, eardrums Oh, they're 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 shot. <laughs> they are shot, man. Yeah. And just from like all the diving, but also just being like back aft and like the engine room and stuff, like just loud loud stuff all the time, or even in um or the fan rooms and stuff, just doing cleanings and stuff. Like just it's it's noisy. It's a lot of noisy stuff. <laughs> so yeah, my is, eardrums are shot right yeah. now. Is some of the dive school is it uh, the same dive school that the seals go through? Yeah. So the seals. Yeah. So the the dive school is like where like everybody goes to to really start off. Is that in NSA Panama yeah. City? No. Yeah. It's actually in. Uh, yeah. Actually, it is in Panama City. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So the Naval Air Station is in Pensacola, right. but we do go to the dive school that's in Panama I guess City. And before everything. you describe this, how close is it? to what's that movie we were talking about uh man of honor man of honor, man of honor uh that you accurate? knew that was gonna come yeah, up yeah i know, I know. <laughs> so for us like so dive, dive school is so different from like uh the, the ship divers that are like they have like one rate but they're like they're like a sub rating diver because we're we're called what we're called fluff because we're not like 
actual divers. We don't have the rating of ND. So those guys are known as like the two truck guys. So those are guys that's like the real divers. Their actual classifications is ND. Super deep sea. Exactly. Yeah. So they're the ones that are usually like using all like the heavy equipment and like they're they're the ones that is like, you know, that you have to uh, basically go through way more extensive training but we do go through the basics of it it wasn't even that long i think so are like, you down there with like fins yeah yeah so we oh, have like dang. the booties on we have the fins we have your uh, scuba gear and all that you know cool. so if we have your you have your wetsuit and everything it's pretty fun I, I, yeah i, I, I did I mean, yeah, yeah no it's really fun but yeah but it's, it's pretty similar man like we had to do uh in dive school <laughs> it, was, it was one of the worst things i had to do in dive school was the equipment check thing where it was like me and a buddy and then we're just like treading water, and then you have to like accurately like check all your equipment and stuff with your friend, with your buddy or whatever. And then um, if he messes that up, like the longer he takes, the longer you got to just keep treading water, and y'all got to do it and together. And if he fails, then you fail. It's like yeah. it's like, like you no know, one, yeah, one crew, one screw. You have three times to pass like a dive school. Like during that time, so you only have three chances before you get kicked. So out. if you, if you if you guys failed that drill, then you had to go all the way back. Well, not all the way to the beginning. You just had to. You got you got what we like just like delayed. You know, gotcha. so gotcha. you got held back while everybody else advanced, and then you probably had to join like so the until next you passed class. that drill or whatever. And exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But the very final test times. was like the our base swim, which was like you're just like on your back and you're just uh, just kicking. Like that really helps. Like that's why like. The um, the scissor kick is like pretty good or the flutter kick is yeah exactly the flutter kicks is so important when you're doing it but um yeah you're just on your back and it's like a thousand yards so it's like five hundred yards out and five hundred yards back where most people falter is like the turn like try to like turn while they're on their back like they're already tired and stuff like in that gear? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. in gear straight gear and uh I think. I forget, like, I had a good class, so I didn't have to, we didn't have to, none of us had to redo it. But I think in some other cases, if one person fell in that class, you all fail. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So how many guys were in your class? Uh, my class was only, like, it, it definitely uh, changes per class, but my class was small. My class was only, like, 10 guys. Do you think it's that's what's helpful to get everybody oh. through because you have, like, more one-on-one time with the instructors? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's definitely, like, um, it was definitely, like, the best. Like, we have more time with being an instructor. The instructors still assholes, of course. They're going to be on of your course. ass. But um, it was because they know you by name and stuff, and then they all give you nicknames. Like, my nickname was Bubbles. <laughs> and it's funny why my nickname was Bubbles is because one time I had to go to a dive training and get if I didn't even go to dive school, I had to go to dive practice. And um, I was I totally forgot that I had to do it. And I had to find my UDT shorts. And I was like, where are they? Where are they? And I, they were in the washer, but I forgot to actually start the washer. And I had put that like that uh, powder soap on it. And I was like, ah, crap. So I just like wiped it off. And then I went to dive, like, went to the swim practice. So while I'm swimming, we're doing laps. There's just like a trail of bubbles following <laughs> me. And our master diver, like our Set chief diver was up. like, he was like, what the hell? Why is there so many bubbles in my pool? And he's like, you shit me. Get out of the pool. And he was like, why is there bubbles falling in your ass? So I was like, bro, I don't even know. <laughs> and so, then, buddy, bro, I got beat for that, bro. He was like, all right. So they, and when you're going through dive school and everything, they make you just wear like a white shirt and then your UDT shorts. And they literally, then you have to stencil your name on the on your white shirt, just like y'all probably see in movies and stuff like that. Like yeah, where we, all the I seals go we through. Did, yeah. We did that, right? Exactly. So, 
everybody goes through that. So on mine, it was literally bubbles, <laughs> like, uh, bubbles. <laughs> bubbles with a Z. Because he was like, he was like, yeah, you're young, y'all, y'all young people want to spell things differently. So <laughs> he was like, yep, you're bubbles with a Z. You know, you're right Gen, Gen Zers, and I'm like, bro, I'm not even Gen Z. You're, 20, <laughs> you're 26. Yeah, I'm 26. Yeah, I'm 95. Uh, younger yeah. generation, a few cycles yeah. back. So what years were you in? I was in from uh, 2014 to 2018. Dang, man. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so I was I was a young buck, man. What, like, wasn't there a part in training where you go down and you have to assemble your gear, and the instructors like try to tear yeah, everything apart? Yeah, so and those are those are that's the hell we that's the pull hits, man. That was rough. So yeah, basically the the whole thing about that was to try to help you keep calm underwater yeah. because where most divers falter, like where most people uh, falter actually, is that like you could be a great swimmer. I know a lot of guys that went to dive school, great swimmers, man. They they killed it. Like they went they swimming in high school and everything. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's how comfortable you are in the water. Some people are good in pool water, but when you're in open ocean, that mentality, like you start to break because you're like, there ain't no bottom. There ain't no, it's not no 10 or and There's even a lot like of water coming feet. out of other places. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You got wildlife in there and everything else. So it was just like a lot of people, like it messed with them mentally. And so the whole thing, and of course, like if you're panicking, you're using more oxygen. The whole part of that is like you want to use like use as less oxygen as required, you know, because yeah. you never know what kind of situation you're going to get in. I know a guy that um, when he was diving, I forget what happened entirely, but he got caught up in the net. And so he got tangled up in his net and everything. And then he was trying to like get out, but, you know, he couldn't move. And so we had to like try to pull him out. Wow, he's tangled up in the net. So, but yeah, so basically when we're doing our pool hits and everything, it's just that, you know, you're swimming by, you're swimming to the one end and then the divers, like their instructors will come down. They'll take your uh, your scuba tank off. They'll turn it off. They'll mess with your regulators. They'll just try to discombobulate you. Like the one guy, like he grabbed me by like my head and then he flipped me around and took my stuff off and everything. And so so are you like calm. fighting them off? No. Is that part no, of the deal? No, no you, you just got to deal with it. You just got to take it, you know, because like at the end of the day, like you can't fight. You can you can fight as much as you want when you're tangled up in a net, or you can fight if like uh, you know an animal come at you. But yeah, like yeah. you know, like there's nothing you can do. You just got to learn how to stay calm. Staying calm is what it's like. Dive school is really all about. It's like drown proofing essentially, man. You know, yeah. so because like and, the, the more you fight, then like of course like the more oxygen you're gonna start using because you're panicking. So yeah, my experience in corporate America a couple years ago, I saw a master chief uh, give a speech at some conference. And uh, he he spent his time as a Navy SEAL, and he told us a story about how that portion of training uh, failed a lot of SEALs and a lot of divers and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it, I think he was talking about in the 90s somewhere, and uh, they they debated in the Navy, should we just get rid of this? or and And everybody was like, no, we shouldn't get rid of it. But what they introduced was like emotion management training. Was right. that was that part of it? Does that sound familiar? Uh, so not emotional management for me. Something like, like that. I yeah, mean, some I kind mean, of corporate term yeah, along those I think lines. They, yeah, I think it was like operational. Like, I mean, I don't know. ORM is different. Operational risk management. That was like used like Navy wide for everybody that's going through any kind of like any kind intense of like training. intense training. Yeah, because like just to it's keep a your lot. shit together. Exactly. Especially it was doubly so for us submariners because like uh, submarines. 
Like, I think the highest rated suicide, like, rate in the Navy was air traffic controllers. But submariners was, like, close up there. Because, like, yeah, because, like, you're down. You're without sunlight, without vitamin D for, like, so long, That's man. Crazy. Like, you go from being, like, in the Like, I was going to ask day. you, two months of that, you got to feel a little, like, Such stir crazy, fever. right? Such cabin fever. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It is crazy because it's, like... You know, you're in a situation where, like, when you first go underway, you're like, okay. And then, like, it's it's kind of nerve-wracking because when you go down underwater and you just hear, like, it's just darkness. Because, like, a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of the people You don't hear me, anything, and that's uh, what's creepier. But, yeah, exactly. Well, you hear a lot of stuff, but you hear the ship itself. Yeah. And then it's kind of like it messes with your head when you're underwater and you just hear the creaks and the cracks of, like, the ship and everything. And you're like... Is that is is that important? Is that, is that something bad? Should I be concerned about <laughs> yeah. it? And it's just weird, man. But After, um, yeah, man. It's yeah, crazy. it's really bad. But like, you get used to it for sure. Is but, there like, wildlife down there? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like it's like a, a, a open ocean. You know, can you so. see it out the window? Is there windows to see? No windows. Nah, no, no. a lot of people ask that, but there's no windows on submarines because if you think about it. Like, submarines could go pretty deep. I can't say how deep we go just because that in itself is actually, like, uh, top secret information. Gotcha. But um, they go pretty deep. And think about it. With all that pressure, if we had windows, all that pressure would bust, you know? Yeah. And not only that, it's just that it's so dark down there is that even if we did have windows, you couldn't see anything. Like, even if we had, like, lights going on, it's so dark, it would just reflect off you. Like, you wouldn't yeah. see it. You wouldn't see a thing at all. But yeah, so that you had um, and a lot of people are like, well, how you know where you're going? That's what the sonar dome is for. So that with our sonar people, they, that's how they know. Like everything makes noise, any kind of noise, because submarine, our submarine uh, community is some of the top submarines in the world. It's actually the top submarine like community in the world. You know, yeah. like and China and Russia are pretty up there as well, because like Russia got this one submarine that's like a typhoon class submarine that's pretty, pretty powerful. Man, those guys are pretty good, but um. It also depends what kind of submarine you got, man. And it's like, because back in the day, we have diesel submarines. Diesel submarines are great because they're very silent. You know, you're running off diesel energy, very silent. But the problem with them is that you're taking in so much water on your boat, you have to come out and snorkel every, like, so often. And that's why nuclear-powered submarines are the future, and that's why they're better. Because you could be nuclear-powered submarines, you could be underwater for years just from, like, nuclear power. The only thing that's limiting us not to do that is that we need food, you know, over time. Yeah. But but the thing about it, though, is that since a nuclear submarine, like you have a reactor plant, is that it's so it gets so hot and everything else. And there's just so much like safeguards that need to make sure you don't have a nuclear meltdown or any kind of problem when you're down there is that there's like it's going to have be way noisier because you have all these machines working to keep that within the certain limitations and regulations that it's allowed to be when it comes to like because like the like for instance reactors always pressurized over there and like back after and everything like i can't get too crazy in the information <laughs> but yeah but it's like always pressurized so it doesn't reach over a certain temperature and potentially have a meltdown and like you yeah. know definitely so, kill everybody so along the lines of what you're saying it, it sounds to me like a submariner gets a security clearance oh yeah that's auto that comes with exactly that. yeah so all submariners get um at least like a secret security clearance but then some 
great to actually get a top secret security clearance depending on what you're dealing with. So, for instance, like I had a top secret because within the administration uh, department, executive department, see like everything. I was, yeah, I'm dealing with all those paperwork and everything. That's like you know, like I was the I was like the direct line with the XO and CEO. Like I had to know I had to draft stuff. We we're receiving stuff. Another um, another uh, rate that got a lot of information was like uh, the radio men because they're the ones that are intercepting. Like whenever we would do any of our missions, if we're intercepting other countries' comms and everything, um, they're the ones that's bringing them in, and then they're giving it to our CTs, where cryptological like technicians. Yeah. But they're the ones that's deciphering everything, and you know, so it's like yeah, some reasons we're all about stuff, man. We're all about surveillance, <laughs> pulling information. It's just recon work, and that's why being silent is such a vital thing. Um, a lot of people don't know. They was like, yeah, so, like, you would make all this noise, but we have all these safeguards that would make sure that we didn't make too much noise because, like, you make noise in your submarine. Let's say we're violating any of our, um, the water restrictions where we shouldn't be in a certain area. Yeah. Um, not that you ever did that. No, not at all. <laughs> no, we stayed, we stayed, like, within limits, of course. <laughs> but um, let's say if we ever did, then and if we made, like, a loud transient noise, right, and then, like, another country's submarine like or their surface ping. or anything, yep, and they caught that, and they know it's our signature because they pinpointed where our certain, like, all ships operate off a certain, like, uh, frequency and hertz and stuff. But America's has, like, a specific one that... Um, is different from everyone else's. But if they caught that, then it's like, oh, we got enemy I mean, in our territory, you know? So. For sure, this is like a scene from Hunt from Red October, yeah, right? exactly. Is that one? Or uh, Crimson Tide, right. where they're just sitting down there being quiet. Did you have moments like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of moments like that. And it's vital. That's why even today, like, I don't like, I don't like, like, very high-pitched noises and stuff like that. Yeah. Because uh, the submarine community kind of ingrained in my mind, like, I just got to be silent all the time, even yeah. when I'm home. Man. That transfers over to life, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, like, More even when I'm in the gym, like, with people, like, make too loud of noises. Like, even though it's the gym, I'm just like, oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that just goes with the territory. But, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, though, man. It was such a great time. Like, it was stressful, but I got to do so much cool stuff. Oh, I bet. I, I bet. got so much cool stuff that, like, not a lot of people could ever do. And the other thing about the summary community is just, like, since you're such a small community, I know everybody's job. You have to know everybody's job yeah. because, like, we don't have, like, if someone gets injured, we only have one doc on board. Someone gets injured and he's not around. You need Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to Someone's got at least give him, like, the like first uh, emergency aid before the doctor gets on, you know? Yeah. Or, like, there's a fire. We don't have, we can't call 911. So that was the biggest thing with. Um, what about, like, water? Oh, so water, yeah. So we had um, the uh, RO units, which is like reverse osmosis units. So basically it's just that like – So you got the whole ocean. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But the thing about it though is that it's one of those evolutions that made a lot of noise. So we couldn't just do it often, you know. We had, we had to do it sparingly. We had to do it when right. required. Right. But it was great. Because, but the problem with the that also is that like <laughs> the water was so pure because it goes through so many filters it, filters and stuff like our Kuno filter. It was heated up and everything else is that – um. Once you actually get in and you drink the water, it was so pure. It didn't have, like, any minerals or anything in it. So it would, like, you would drink it and go through your system. So you're using the bathroom, oh, fucking, like, six times a day. <laughs> Getting out of those tiny, yeah. shitty-ass bunks. Oh, yeah. Again, Facts, man. man. And, then, and then, like, for us, like, in the enlisted side, like, I mean, dude, at an onboard, there was what? You had the bathroom right there. You had the 
the main bathroom in that crew's staff, and then you had the bathroom for that only officers can use. There was only like four bathrooms on board. <laughs> if you were back aft and you were like in the engine room, you had to use the bathroom, but you couldn't get a relief. Like, don't tell. Well, I'm telling everybody this because people know. People know what he did. This they were, yeah, they were pissing the funnels. They were <laughs> pissing the funnels, right? If you got caught pissing in the funnel, though, that was your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun, though, man. But like, yeah, it was great stuff like that. But the great, the greatest thing about being a submariner is that I was able to like do other people's jobs and, stu- and stuff like that. So, for the executive department um, and like for like the navigation. Uh, electronic technicians department like we were able like, our main job was to drive the boat like i actually drove the ship you know so you have the yeah. helmsman and your planesman so of course the helmsman is steering like which direction we're going the planesman his main job is to like just keep the the keep the uh, ship on death on a certain death right and then you have our chief of watch who is he's the one that's controlling He's the one that's controlling where water is being transferred and everything. So, like, if we're trying to stay on 600 uh, feet and we're, like, we keep, like, raising up to, like, 585 or, like, 570, that just means we're too light. So we need to start bringing water on board. So we start bringing on water on board in the tanks. But the main um, – the guy that was, like – that ran that was our dive of watch and he's the subject expert that, that's usually reserved for like the e7s e8s well e7s rarely but mainly like the e8 to e9s that were uh forward guys that wasn't guys that worked in the engine room yeah. but it was mainly reserved for those guys that they were just subject expert that you know they're the ones that's telling the chief of watch yo move this to this and everything else and then like they're the ones that's telling the our, our planesmen and our die and our uh, helmsmen to like you know be on this course and this like that and then you have that officer of deck that um, was an officer, of course, usually like our weapons department guy or the Navy T guy, anything like that. Uh, but um, yeah, they were the one that's telling us like they're getting the direct briefing from the captain where we're going to do, and then he's the one that's like operating everything, nice. telling the dive. It was like just like a full team effort, but it was fun stuff like that, man. That's it was awesome. very intense, but I hated driving the boat. It was so <laughs> monotonous because like all you're looking at is a panel, and like when we had a rig for black, let's say like we're on periscope depth. And we had the rig control for black because if you're looking at the periscope, you got all this light in the room and it's light and it's like dark outside, you're not gonna see anything. Yeah. So you had to turn the light off. So now imagine just sitting in this chair, just hearing the monotonous beepings and stuff yeah. that's going all around you and you're just yeah, you're so just looking at this number just like Staying on this course, staying on this course. I'm like, man, this is the most boring thing. I'm about to go to sleep. And if you go to sleep, you better get shit on. (laughs) But yeah, it was just intense stuff like that, man. Like, it was great, though, man. I had a great time. It seems like an obvious question to talk more about the the wildlife. So if you're a diver, I mean, it seems like you had to have jumped out around sharks and whales and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah. So um, the funny thing about that is that, like, we were pretty good not being around wild life when we do our dives mainly because when we do um like for instance like a swim call or whatever so swim calls is when we're in like the coast of like we're in the middle of the ocean off the coast of one of our allied uh, places and then we'll just like surface the ship and then people would just like go in the water in the middle of the ocean we go swimming and stuff of course we have divers to make sure everybody's staying safe or whatever but 
let's say if like an animal ever did get close to us, like a, like a shark or whatever, we would usually have a gunner up in the cell oh, with like an M sixteen, ready to do. Yeah, we we are authorized to shoot. We would tell people to get out the way, and it's usually like one of our best shooters that's on board. And then yeah, he'll just that's cool. he'll kill him, you know. Damn. But like, but yeah, every now and then, like the wildlife. This episode stuff. is sponsored by Peta. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, they would, but they would they would cancel us so quick. But no, but it was great though, man. Like every now and then, like I think the the worst experience I had to do with wildlife is when I was doing a dive and there was like this, I don't know what kind of jellyfish it was. I mean, it was like the huge beige looking jellyfish, but it was floating near me. And I got and my, my dive, my, uh, my dive suit was like, well, we still got to get this down. I'm like, bro, I'm not going near that, man. I'm sorry. I'm not getting stung for this, dog. It, it looked, bro, it looked like, you ever seen Cthulhu? It looked like something from like Cthulhu, man. Just like some weird tentacly monster looking thing, man. Oh, I forget what it called, bro. Yo, they were so bad. But like we had to deal with that. But yeah, every now and then, like we had like dolphins and stuff that would come around us and everything. It was really cool. The wildlife was pretty cool. I saw a lot when I was doing my dives and stuff because especially when I did a lot of my diving in uh, Hawaii. Yeah. So Hawaii. Do some leisure diving out there too? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, man. Those are the best, yo. I would just go out. um, I, I dove in like Guam, Hawaii. I even dove in like Japan. Japan, they got some exotic fish over there. Yeah, we were we were stationed in Japan. Oh, yeah. I, I never got into doing snorkeling or anything. I, oh, I wish I would have done. It's so like great, that. man! It's so great. People talked a lot of good about that. Oh, you would have loved it, man! Like the jet. Did you know. ever do that? Mm, just snorkeling. Snorkeling. I never even Resorts. did snorkeling. They got nice little fish in Okinawa. Yeah. 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 Oh. See, yeah, because I didn't dive in Okinawa. I, I dove off of uh, Yokosuka. Yeah. yeah, when we pulled in, we pulled in Yakuska. Yeah, we did a lot of diving out there. I didn't get a chance to go in Okinawa, unfortunately. But, like, I heard, a, I mean, at least, like, to dive there. I love diving, like, anywhere, man. I, I bet the diving's good in Okinawa. Yeah, really I bet good, you yeah. it is, too, honestly. Yeah, they got good shit down there. I mean, it's like Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you know what's really like Hawaii, though, is, like, Guam. Guam got some pretty... Got yeah, some they're pretty all they're all in that same yeah. area, right? Yeah. Guam and Hawaii yes, and uh, yeah. Okinawa. It's um, a West Pack. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, there so I, that's what our, our boat... Since we were based out of Hawaii, that was our territory that we handled. We, so I always went to, like, Japan... Um, the Philippines, Singapore, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let's good. rewind a little bit. So where are you from originally? So I'm from Broward County, Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so is that, uh, what is that? Is that Miami area or is yeah, that a little so north? Close, close to Miami. It's um, it's, Fort La- it's like Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so like it's like Fort Lauderdale. I'm specifically, I'm from uh, Pompano Beach. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why I got into diving. Near the water. Yeah. yeah. So were you, were you like a swimmer in high school? Uh, no, actually I was a wrestler. I, I was love a wrestler. Right? Yeah, no, I honestly got to swim it's funny how I got into swimming is because when I was younger, my mom, she was like, yeah, uh, there's this stigma that black people can't swim, but y'all ass going to learn how to swim. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, that's cool with me. And, uh, at first I was like, I hated the water. Cause little like, little did you know it would create a career right? for you. Oh, man, it's the, the best thing she could do for me. So I was like, I was like, I don't want to go swimming. I wanted to, like, you know, just go run around on land. I was like, I don't even like the water. And then, like, it was pretty fun, you know. Then I was like, all right, this is great. And then I just stuck with swimming all the time. Like, I like swimming better than running. I hate running. Yeah. Like, even though, like, that's it's such a vital thing. I do it all the time, but I hate running. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I grew up around the water. I got into doing that. And then um, my pops is from uh, Dominican Republic. 
And so uh, when I got in trouble when I was younger, my mom kicked me out and sent me to DR. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was I was like I was like what in the fourth grade or whatever. I was just fucking up. And then uh, she sent me to DR. She's like, yeah, go be with your daddy's family. So I went to DR and still just like did swimming. I was oceans and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, man, she just sent me on vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I get to go to Hawaii for yeah. my punishment. Yeah, exactly, man. It was great though, man. But yeah, so I was down there, raised down there, and then um. I'm I'm so glad though because like the problem with uh Pompano Beach is like it's not the best of area you know I'm mean? like some places other than Pompano is good but I came from like a really rough area yeah. and I was just getting involved with like the wrong crowd all the time you know what I mean like like my whole family got like history of like you know dealing with drugs and stuff like that like I was never like a drug user or nothing like that but. Yeah, I know, like, me going to school wasn't putting money on the table, you know, food, I'll be on food on the table, you know, we weren't making money, so I was, like, dealing with that. Yeah. So I stuck with, like, doing all that bad shit, you know, like, the, the typical, like, going from, like, the hood or going to like, bad areas, getting in trouble in the law, and you're like, all right, I need to make a change. So you were, like, what, 18 or something? <laughs> yeah, so when I, when I, I tried to join at 17 at first, and then uh, they were talking about, like, they need your uh, father's consent. Even though he wasn't in my life, so I mean, then, until you're 18, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So because I would ask, yeah, because I had graduated at 17 because yeah, of my gotcha. birthday, yeah. So they wouldn't let me join, and then at 18, I was like, nah, I'm gonna still just do this bad shit with my friend. <laughs> and then like it got it got it changed when I like I initially started like getting in trouble with the law. Yeah, I was I started get like went after I got shot at a few times, and Jesus. I was like, yeah, no, I was like, you know what, like I need to. I need to make a change for real because, like, at this point, like, like I was going to end up like a lot of my friends that got already got locked up or they were yeah. dead, man. And I think the biggest, like, um, the biggest turning point of my life is that, like, one of my friends that wasn't, like, really involved with that shit, he ended up getting uh, killed just, like, just being around, like, the certain people I was hanging around with and shit like that. And I had to, like, tell his mom, you know, like, a, like, you know, her only son, was killed being around, like, fucking with the people we were fucking around doing the bad shit, even though he wasn't involved, you feel me? And, like, shit was fun up until, like, you doing st- when you started having to tell parents that, like, you know, their kid's not coming home, you know what I mean? Because like, I felt I felt guilty. So I was like, man, like, this is this shit's getting bad, bro, you know? So then I was like, you know what? If I'm going to die from a gunshot or something, at least I'm going to make it, like, you know what I mean? At least I want to do something worth with my life, you know? Yep. If I'm going to die from a gunshot, at least be in the military, like, like I was doing something great, you know? Yeah. So I had definitely made a change in my life, though. So, I mean, That's it is awesome. what it is. But, like, you know, like, I... Like, rest in peace to the homie, but, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, it's what helped me stri- set my stri- uh, life straight, so. Yeah, man, he motivated you to go do something big, and, exactly. like, look at like, you're a Navy diver, that's a yeah, big deal, man. It was great, man, it's great. So, when you joined, so, w- what was, the, like, the motivate? like, well, how did joining the Navy come around? Like, so, you run into a recruiter at school, like most of us, or what? No, nah, it was funny, man. Actually, we were, like, <laughs> I was driving, me and my mom was driving, and I was thinking about, like, what I was going to do, because at this point, like, I was always smart in school, but, like, growing up, it's like I had no homies always tell me, like, yo, school is a waste of time. That shit ain't paying you money, you know what I mean? Like, there's like, yeah, get through it, but, like, the, you know, that shit ain't putting food on your table. That shit ain't helping with your bills. So I didn't take school seriously my freshman and my sophomore year. And then, like, I think something clicked just, like, my junior year. My junior to senior year, mainly my junior, I was just, like, the main motherfuckers is telling me these shit is the niggas still in the hood, you know? So I'm like, I'm like, if they still in the hood, 
then why am I taking advice from them? Yeah. So then I started taking school serious. By that time, it was already kind of too late because, like, I mean, it's not like I had, a, like, a low GPA. I still graduated, like, a like was, my GPA was, like, a 3.4, 3.5. Damn, yeah, good. so I still had, like, a good GPA, but it wasn't, like, top-tier college, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to pay money to go to some community college where, like, I don't know, getting a little bit of debt and me going anywhere is not guaranteed, especially get when that I, shit paid for. Exactly, you know? So I was like, I mean, my mom was already struggling, like, doing her thing, you feel me? Like, she had to pay for her own college because this is around the time she just got her nursing uh, degree and everything. And so she was working as an elementary school nurse. And it's like, they ain't making that much money. Like, they making money, but, like, it's not, like, it's not going to be able to sustain, like, me going to college and stuff. Yeah, she she was a single parent, yeah. yeah. And then she had her own stuff to worry about. And I've always been a guy that, like, like I want to supply for the women in my life, you feel me? So yeah. at this point, I was, like, um, we were just driving, and I just saw, like, the Navy and Marines, and I was, like, Marines are kind of extra. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I was like, Marines could be a little extra at times. I was like, I would just go to the Navy, man. You know, and, and here you are, sitting, here you are sitting with two Marines. Yeah, I know, bro. We're a little, Way we're, a little more, uh, like, we're a little sus. We're poked. Nah, man, like it was so extra because like. Like, this is during the time, like, I went over there, and then, like, they didn't want me because, like, I already had a tattoo. And it was, like, yeah, like, this is during the time when tattoos wasn't really, like, accepted as they are. Now, I don't know what Marine's policy with their tattoos now, but I was tatted, and it was, like, nah. You know, I was, like, all right, well, I'm going to just go to the Navy because, like, I was, like, I know I could get in with them. Like, all the, like, having tattoos as a sailor is that the whole that's where tattoos really started you yeah know? i mean it's big yeah. it's big about military exactly. culture i mean well like, when i us, we when go. i was just getting in they had like taken away full sleeves yeah and now they've brought it back brought it yeah, yeah. and it, it is crazy because it's like it, it sucks because like to me like the military was always something different where it was just like where um we were kind of different from corporate America, but then like I noticed like while as, as I was in the military and I was going through boot camp and everything, like I would see signs on the wall that was like you know like cussing is not profanity is not like quality leadership, and then like they were they like if you had like hella tattoos they make you have get like tattoo chits and like fill all that stuff yeah, out and I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm like so it looks like the military was going to a more more corporate side of things yeah, you know yeah, yeah. which is like it's not a it's not a bad thing like that's. And to an extent, you know, but it wasn't military. I don't know. Tattoo, you know? The tattoo thing is silly. It's stupid, right? Yeah. But, I mean, so. I mean, yeah. I understand, like, face tattoos. Right. And shit like <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah, of course not. But, uh, yeah, so I saw it was just the Navy. I just saw the Navy thing. And I was like, well, I ain't going to do Marines because, like, they don't like my tats. So let me go Navy. And then they're like, yeah, you know, I took the ASVAB. I did good on an ASVAB. And then. It was like, all right, let's just go from there. And then they they sold me on submarines because, bro, man, I would say recruiters are the best at making like the honey <laughs> words, man. They're well, the man, best. they're selling to 18, 17, 18 year olds. You know, I mean, it's good to be a good salesman. They tell you all that good stuff, yeah. man. And they don't tell you about the stresses of submarine life. I was gonna ask. So you're so you're admin, right? Uh, uh, so you so it's submarine right. specifically that you signed up for. It wasn't like you went admin and then you just happened to get Correct. submarines. I, I, okay. Yeah, I signed up specifically for submarine. Gotcha. So when we going through that, I had to take like a like a psychological test and everything because, like I said, you go stir crazy. Isolation, yeah. yeah. When you're away from everybody, then like that's. 
that's crazy, you know? Yeah. But I would definitely say the craziest thing about it, too, is just, like, like you never really notice, like, how, like, simple things in your life that you have now, it was just, like, when now it's non-existent, you're like, wow, like, this is crazy, you know what I mean? You're like, I really cannot believe, like, I could go this long without seeing sunlight. I cannot believe I could go this long without having my cellular data. That's why I'm not a big user on my phone now. It's just because some real life, I got accustomed to it. Because, like, yeah, I'll be on my phone. You can still have your phones and stuff. But, of course, it has to be, like, on airplane mode and stuff like that. Because, like, any kind of signal. You can fuck up the frequency. Exactly. Yeah. You can fuck up the frequency. And it can still always be tracked, you know. Yeah. So even when you're going up, you got to have your phones off. But um, even when then, it's just, like, like of course, we had our phones for, like, music and stuff like that. Like, that was pretty cool. But, uh, I mean, I got so accustomed, like, not even using my phone to talk to nobody or whatever. Then I kind of just stayed off it a lot. And so, and it was one of the, like, it was a blessing in disguise, you know, like, because I'm not a really big, like, using my phone kind of guy all the time for everything, you know. Like, I'd be on my phone, like, for, like, important stuff. And I'd be on my phone mainly for music. I usually use my phone for, like, music and stuff like that. But, like, the summary in life, it just helps you, like, like, start, like, when I came back, every time you come back, to port you're like man like you see everything that you took for granted and you're like I, I you know you start appreciating more i would definitely yeah, say yeah, yeah. submarine life like even being out to sea like even for the surface navy i don't know how they are with it but because i i've heard rumors that they can still use their phones or mm-hmm. you know but even out of the surface navy you still got at least got sunlight you know but, yeah yeah you still like yeah, sunlight you still get some fresh air submarines you just get recycled air <laughs> that's all you get you just get recycled air the only time you get ever get fresh air is when you're on periscope deaf and we're doing a snorkeling <laughs> yeah. that's about it but in that you're just getting what we call revitalized farts do you gotta get tested for like seasickness no nah, does anybody got, get seasickness oh so? bro i got seasickness so bad my first time yeah. man. like so you don't so get, if you get seasick you just gotta deal with it yeah the doc will give you these pills and he yeah. just like suck a it dra- up dramamine yeah some shit yeah. it's like the small red pill yeah he'll just give it to you and he's like i don't go fuck like you're in the military suck it <laughs> get up over it. Like, yeah exactly like you're gonna throw up i know i threw up i threw up like twice and yeah. then, like, I got, bro, it was so funny because the first time I threw up, I threw up in, like, for some reason, the submarine had a urinal, right? Like, an actual urinal. Why the fuck would you have a urinal on a submarine? Mm-hmm. does not make sense because it's, like, like the it's the piping is not as thick, you know what I mean? So it can't flush shit that great. And especially, like, when you're, like, pissing all the time, if you don't keep maintenance up with that to decalcify that shit, that shit is going to always clog up. And that urinal always clogged up. And so I remember I threw up in it, and then like this—that was the day we had fish tacos. Oh, so I threw up all the fish tacos. And uh, that still can't, still can't and, eat fish tacos. Yeah, so and, uh, and then the machinist mate, uh, chief, well, he was the first class. The machinist mate, uh, first class, he got so pissed, bro, because it clogged it, and he was like yelling at me, and I'm yelling back. I said, "Man, I told y'all fucking clean it. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? But yeah, you get seasickness. It's like that's tough, bro." <coughs> What what's the what's the selection process for being a diver? So you so, move into that. Yeah, so basically it's just like if you um you just gotta show that you're interested. And then so for us, I just talked to my diving uh, supervisor that was part of the boat. For one, I had to be qualified already. So because there's like it, being a diver was a privilege. And like you had to make sure you got your initial calls done. You had to get your fish first before you could go to dive school. There are rare cases where you could go to dive school first if we really need a diver because, like, 
a lot of people, there's not a lot of people that qualify to do diver stuff. Yeah. Even even yeah. the basic stuff that we did, not a lot of people that had the aptitude to do it. Yeah. And so basically it's just like once I got my fish qualified and I talked to my dive soup and I was like, hey, like I'm interested. I want to be a diver, you know. Like I think that's something I really want to do. He's like, all right, cool. So you go to um, with a dive practices in the morning, like 5 a.m., and you're with all these actual like certified Navy divers or sometimes like EOD guys that would like actually host these practices for us and everything or any sometimes like SAR swimmers or search and rescue. And then, yeah, they'll just like make you do like a bunch of like different drills that is either expected to do at dive school or some of the stuff that they did. We were going through like some of the EOD guys. I don't think they go to buds, but they they did like their own their own you know, schools and shit like that. But um, like for one of the practice we had to do, we had to tread water. While holding like these little bricks over our head or whatever, I think they were like five pound bricks or something. But <laughs> but like, it, but I mean that five pound made a difference because like if you're holding them up, I mean you're not using your water uh, your hands to scuttle. You're literally just doing the egg beater style, you know, just to tread water for like a prolonged amount of time. Yeah. And your your arms are getting tired and stuff like that. But that just helps you like get your mentally get you tough, you know, and physically. Of course, there was uh, some of the other stuff we did like going on the water, holding down the brick. As long as you get like you and your partner, we would do it for like 15 or 20 minutes where y'all would take turns going down holding the brick down and then you don't want to like uh like come up too fast because it's like your partner just came up you know yeah. so you don't want to be a what we call a blue falcon a buddy fucker you like you fucking <laughs> him over you know so like it was just stuff like that but um the, when when the master diver of dive practice feel like you are ready and qualified to go do to go to dive school and not fail because the one thing we don't uh, no master diver wants is to send a guy to dive school and he and he fails he's not ready because now that look look bad like the dive like the master diver or at the uh, dive school is going to call the master diver or the guy you're coming from like yo what the fuck what kind of kind of rubble you're sending me here you know yeah and so yeah they make sure y'all ass is ready <laughs> and so yeah and that's what we did so um once i got done i I think i went to like five to six actually no it's probably like i don't know i think i went at least like 10 actually yeah i at least went to like 10 dive practices to make sure i was good and ready because my problem was that like by this time i was like when i was in high school i was like 100 i wrestled 132 my freshman year and then by the time i graduated i was like 145 and then I went to the military, and I was like, you know what? Like, because I like, wrestling, I had always had to maintain a certain weight. Yeah. That for me to like wrestling in that uh, weight class. Then once I uh, graduated, I was like, you know, like I'm getting ready to Navy. All I did was like eat and work out, <laughs> and then just lift weights a lot and stuff like that. And then by that time, like I put on so much, mu- so much muscle mass, and so like I was like in the water, like I was cool, but it was rougher because I wasn't used to the body weight yet. I was already like two hundred something pounds, yeah. so I'm not like two hundred pounds, and a lot of it is muscle. Muscle sinks, and yeah. I, it was a struggle. I ain't gonna lie, for me, like to tread water at that time, I had to use so much energy to get used to my body weight. Body weight, but once I did, I was fine. So it took me a little longer to go to dive school just because of like I wasn't adjusted to my new body weight yet, and like all that muscle I was like carrying around trying to keep myself afloat. But then as I kept going and I got adjusted to it, then I was like, all right, I was cool. And then the master diary saw I was ready. Sent me out to uh, Panama City, yeah. and I did my thing out there. You know, it was right. way it's way rougher over there. Them guys, 
Brad, like there was, a, but I will say, like I think dive practice was harder than dive school personally. Yeah. Or, like on certain things, because they did, they they go hard on you at dive practice. At least like our our master diver over there in uh, Hawaii, man. Shout out uh, master diver Tanglin, man. That's Chief Tanglin, man. He's a hard ass, bro. He was from Hawaii too, <laughs> so he was he was kicking our asses over there. But he but he had a high success rate. The people that he sent. So. How how uh, how long into your enlistment was it before you went to dive to go uh, be a diver? Uh, so let's see. So like, let's see. I had to go through like sub school. I had to go through that. Oh, that almost cost me like a year. And then that took me like what seven or eight months to qualify. So almost two years before I was able to get certified diver to be like the basic diver for the ship and everything. Yeah. And then the rest of those my last two years. Then yeah, I was just part of the dive division. Is that lateral move? Is that helpful for like promotion scores and stuff? Oh like that? yeah, yeah. When you what, take what'd on, you get out as? Um, so I got out as E five. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it, that stuff like it definitely helps to promote because that just shows that um, when you're getting your evals and stuff like that, it is shows like hey, this guy is like he's taking on extra collateral duties well, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So like, and that was the best thing about submarines. That man, if you work your ass off, you can do so much other shit that's like within um like just like that's not even like within your department so for instance i went navigation for a little bit i was in like damn near every department as executive uh because as a yeoman or administration you you have like your main job is like either you being in office or you're going to drive the boat right but you have such this uh you have such leisure to go to other um departments and qualify their watch stations and doing their things. So, for instance, um, my one of my um, shipmates that was also in administration, he ended up being a sonar operator. He was operating in broadband. And they're like, he wasn't a sonarman. For me, I did this thing called photometer is when, like, you're, um, like, it looks like Periscope depth, or if you're in, like, shallow waters, is literally it's just a machine that sends a ping down in the water. And then it sends down, and when it hits the ground or the, the bottom of the ocean, It'll send it back up to show you like how close are you to that um to the bottom to make sure you don't go aground, you know. Yeah. Just because like I mean, we had a quartermaster that made sure that like had everything, all that stuff charted to make sure we would never go into like too shallow water. But there's sometimes where we had to, but we had to make sure that we didn't get to those certain red zones where it would be like a red sounding where it is like okay grounding is imminent we're about to you know we're we're basically about to hit the like hit the, the bottom, bottom of the, yeah, like, yeah. exactly so but um but yeah so I did that for a little while and then once the navigation department had enough junior guys to man that um I didn't want to go back to driving a boat so then I went to this uh, other watch station called electronic plot operator which is um our fire control technician department where fire control is mainly like they're the guys that's setting up like using all these like um like geometry and algebra and trigonometry to basically pinpoint where other our enemies are so they can court like uh coordinate with the torpedo men to basically if we have to shoot someone down or you know like shoot a torpedo they're coordinating those guys telling like all right we're at this the enemies at this bearing, et cetera, et cetera. That's fire upon them. So I went, became an electronic plot operator with fire division or fire control division where as a plots, like they will give me like a certain bearing and how big is like their last like signal trace was of our enemy. Then I would make an ALU, which is an area of uncertainty. And then we will change course or do whatever. And then the next time we pick up on their signature and I showed an ALU, whatever 
like whatever they meet, I will cut off the other like the ends of that AOU so I can like get a try basically just triangulate where their position was. And then as I'm getting more hits, I able to make that AOU smaller and smaller until we could damn near pinpoint where you're at. Jesus, man. Yeah, that's a hell of a additional yeah. duty there too. Exactly. So then I did that. And then uh, I was always, like, a, one of the strongest people on my boat. And our torpedo division guy, like, the torpedo division chief, he always knew I loved being down in the torpedo room and doing stuff like that. So he was like, how would you like to be a team member to, like, load torpedoes into the tubes and stuff like that? I'm like, hell yes, I'll qualify <laughs> that too. So when we're doing our inspections, because every now and then, like, they'll send, like, squadron guys to give us inspection to make sure that we're deployment ready. He came down, man, he was like, you're an administration guy? I'm like, yeah. He was like... He's like, I've never seen someone like so good at like doing what I was doing with like I forget what the um with the back of that torpedo it was called, but it was basically it was just like it was like it was like a console that we would do with like the electrical wiring and stuff like that. We would help like guide that um that torpedo basically like into the tube and stuff and get it locked and loaded and ready. Yeah, and locked and loaded and ready to like shoot out and stuff like that. So I was part of the team to do that. And I'm like, once again, like I'm, I'm a diver, I'm a diver slash administration guy, you know. But <laughs> I love, I love doing other stuff so much that I was like, I was always able to get that, and that was what helped my evals because they was like, you know, like this guy, he's qualified, all this other stuff in other divisions, and so it was a great time, man. That was like my favorite, like either diving or being in a torpedo room loading torpedoes. Nice. So with all the stuff in Iraq and Afghanistan, what's the role that submarines and divers play in? Yeah, like, like Afghanistan. Yeah. What, what, so, what do you do? Um, so basically with a submarine, right, is that in the, in the military, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, submarines are one of the most deadliest like oh, just sure. like crafts or vessels that we have. Um, I don't know if, if y'all know, but like in World War II, when um, like submarines played a vital part of us winning World War II, mainly because like all those ships and stuff, like we sank like over like 100,000 tonnage of like ships of like our enemies and stuff like that is because we're so stealthy and our our missiles are now so accurate now is that I think they said with a guided missile submarine right the accuracy it can literally you could shoot off like the coast of California and you could hit like the pitcher's mound of like Shea Stadium oh wow yeah and it's just Crazy. that pinpoint and then when a ballistic missile submarine leaves uh, like leaves uh, America, leaves the port or whatever. That's actually like what the third largest nuclear power that that in the world. Like how much like just nuclear missiles and stuff that we have. And the only people beating it is America itself, and I think like Russia. I can. can like I have a buddy who just uh, retired from the navy, and he worked on the nuclear subs yeah and uh he says and he says it's public knowledge this i mean they're but they're it's the same as you there's a lot of stuff you can't talk about right and uh he was saying our nuke power alone on our submarines is like kicks there's nobody else in the world like that we're the best yeah we're literally the best and it's so if that's why like i forget who who uh president trump at the time was talking about but i remember um he was talking about uh, someone, someone says something about like uh, about trying to threaten an America and stuff like that. And President Trump was like, "Well, yeah, I could do that, but like we have submarines." <laughs> He's like, "If y'all really want to, because like all you have to do is like boop, 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 and you're done." You know. Yeah. So like, if we ever have to, like, we don't want to go that route, especially like how our nuclear submarines are now, like how strong our missiles are, is that like. It'll put the bombs that we threw on Hiroshima and Nagasaki to shame. Yeah. We're so much stronger now. And so, like, if we ever had to go that route, of course, 
we try to prevent it. But that's where our main, that's where our main, um, like, our uh, our worth. Yeah, that's where our worth is. Our worth Prevention. in submarines is to, like, collect information if you're a fast attack. But also, if we're in, like, combat where, like, let's say China or Russia, and they have their submarines, our, our main objective is to hit you, like, fast attacks, hit you fast, evade get oh. hit you fast evade fast attacks that's why we can move faster than those other submarines. yeah exactly <laughs> we're the floyd mayweather of the ocean <laughs> exactly how it is but for like the guided missile and ballistic missiles those are big brothers they that's when you're just ready to end it <laughs> that's when yeah. you're ready to end it all you're like all right this is going all over now let's just wipe them off the map yeah. so yeah. that's what our thing is but for divers our divers just to make sure we just keep that safe, you know. I know they have, like, some combat swimmers that may go out with the SEALs and everything. But, like, I mean, the divers really don't have, like, that much of a combat role compared yeah. to, like, everybody else, honestly. Yeah, like, I The mean, divers to make sure. sure, like, like we keep stuff safe. And, like, I know, like, um, some role. Okay, so I would say, like, some divers do have this role. But I think it's mainly go with the EOD guys. Is that like there's still some um, death charges that's left from World War II? That was the way for the surface navy to counteract uh, submarines. Is that like um, if there were submarines, if the enemy knew there were submarines in the area, they would throw death charges out. And if it's like sitting there silent, it doesn't have any like any kind, of, not giving off any signature where we could pick it up. Hit that death charge, boom! There goes your submarine. You're all dead, you know. Yeah. And so there's there's still some that's undetonated to this day. And then uh, every now and then, if you're on, like, a minesweeper or whatever and you pick it up, then, you know, those guys will go down there and they'll be able to disarm it. So, I mean, that's probably the extent. But for most, like, Navy divers and stuff, like, they don't have no combat roles like that compared to, like, an EOD guy or a SEAL or a SWIT guy. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes sense. You have just a – so what's your – what's the craziest thing that happened to you while you were in? I'm sure you got many stories, it sounds like, but what's – what jumps out is, like, the craziest thing that you did? Craziest thing. There's so much stuff, man, because, like, uh, I'll definitely say, like – I'm trying – bro, that's actually pretty hard because I'm trying to think of, like, the limitations that I could talk about. (laughs) That's actually a really hard one. Um, oh, man. See, that's really hard, yeah, because all the crazy stuff I do want to talk about is just, like, I can't. <laughs> uh, but um, I would definitely say, like, one of the craziest things that we did was that um, we did, like, this uh, exercise. We had um, this group exercise where uh, we would kind of, like, work with uh, Japan would help with their submarine program and stuff. So it was basically like we did like a simulated like America versus Japan who could track the other one better, you know? That's cool. And then the Japanese got a good submarine program. Like they're not like top dogs. Like they're not like up to like China or like Russia's like For sure. standard yet. But their guys are pretty good. But yeah, we would just like we would we would just hunt those guys and like we would just That's pick them up fun. and then simulate yeah, and we would simulate like it was actually like we simulate like being in wartime. So essentially like we were if you're in the torpedo room and whatnot, like we had to be on standby. So I was I was up for like f- almost forty eight hours, like just I only wait. So enemy countries practice war with each other. Well, Japan is not our enemy. Oh, Japan, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, hell yeah, no. We're not going to go play in the water with China. Hell no, hell no, man. We don't want them to know our capabilities. No, no, no. Yeah, Japan is right like now. But yeah, so we would we would work with them, and um, so it was like an actual wartime, like everything, like we would be down down there 
um, freaking like tracking those guys or whatever. And I would be in the, like the torpedo room. I was up for like almost 48 hours, really just getting as much sleep as I can during like breaks in between of us, like hunting them and then having them trying to hunt us. But we would just like be up and just like just launching like torpedoes, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. like we wasn't, we were watching dummies. We make sure we wasn't launching like at them specifically, of course, right, right. but we would like just do stuff like that. But other than that, um, we had like a fire on board one time, yeah, and that, and uh, it was like a back aft fire, which was like way worse because that's our engine room, you know. Yeah. But we did have a fire on board one time, and like that's like I said, like to get your fish, get your dolphins. That is the main bulk of getting your qualifications. Is that like if there is a casualty, whether it be a fire, either there be toxic gas, either it be flooding, I need to be able to trust you to know what you're doing to help prevent. Uh, us dying you know yeah. and so like of course like they'll test you when you're just sitting you're bored and everything they make you do everything so of course they make you like you got to know like um the some of the sonar stuff you got to know some of the fire control stuff that's all the other stuff that's all secondary we just need to make sure you know what the hell you're doing if like we're in we're in like a casualty and you can like help save the boat you know yeah. so but we did have a fire one time back after i think it was something from um it was like in a TGLO bay, which is our uh, turbogenerator lube oil bay. And um, it was, I think it was like, it was just like a lot of oil had accumulated. Cause like, that's why we clean a lot is because like with all that, all that was machinery and stuff that's back there, like a lot of oil generates, especially back aft. There's a lot of oil back aft. And um, I, I don't, I don't know how the fires start, but in my, but it was like oil right there. And it just like, a large like it wasn't a large fire but it was probably like a medium-sized fire like it was it was it was big enough that stuff got damaged though yeah and so but yeah so we was out there then we all had our certain roles in there because like different people like um that if you're on watch like you have a certain role when there's a fire mm-hmm. going on so like the navy t guys like after the fire is done they'll test the atmosphere to make sure that the everything is cool the other people are down to like get ready to snorkel and get that fire like the smoke off the board because like i said all the air is revitalized and everything and so like there was a fire back there we got on i got your eab on and everything so our eabs then we had like these breathing um like these um manifolds that you hit plug in that gives us oxygen even though there's a lot of smoke but it was pretty intense. It was like my first fire I've ever fought, and I was like in the thick of it too. I bet, you know? it, I bet it was terrifying. Oh huh? man, it was definitely yeah. hella terrifying yeah. because like, at one point it just seemed like this fire was not going out. It's just because like once again, like that, and that's why I hate cleaning a lot. But it was such important being on that. Like cleaning is so important to make sure that you just get all that stuff, debris, oil, a lot of stuff off because like people take it like lightly, but that shit could have killed us, you know? Yeah. What's and the so, What's the history on that? Is there is, is is there any history of submarines like yeah, internally going down because um, of something like that? The Thresher. I believe if I can remember was it was it the Thresher? I can't remember which submarine it was, but no, I think the Thresher was the one where No, no, no. So never mind. The Thresher was the one where they um the guy they so they had like um the, damn, I'm trying to remember. The Thresher basically went down because something happened with our ballast tanks when they were trying to do an emergency blow. They were testing stuff. And one of the guys, there was like, he didn't, 
it was this is why we have subsafe now. He didn't like use a washer or something on like one of the boats or stuff that he that they were putting in on the balance tanks. And when they try to do an emergency blow, basically like the tanks have like froze over, and like it, they just they couldn't do an emergency blow, and they like bursted. Damn. And then once that happened, all they did was just like they just like declined, they just like descended, and there was nothing they can do about it. And they were they were doing like another drill or a practice with another boat, and so that's why that happened. That's why like like the thresher was big because like all you hear like on their black box where they record everything, you just hear like the dive. Just so, so they death. were recovered. Apparently, I mean, they like went down and got the submarine out. They didn't just like go twenty leagues under the sea. And no, they did, and they all died. Yeah, but yeah. but they recovered it to get the black. Oh box yeah, 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 yeah. No, they recovered. They it, recovered the wreckage. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They were able to get it, but yeah, that's what happened with them. But no, um, I think uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that so is bad. <laughs> so bad. It's a terrifying. But thought. I think the biggest example I have of like a, a fire is the Yemen. I believe the USS Yemen was a surface ship. I want to say I think it was called the Yemen. It was a surface ship that a big fire had, like, drawn out. It was, like, I forget what kind of – it has something to do with, like, their planes or whatever. But um, I forget what happened, but essentially, like, that huge fire came up, and they had an abandoned ship. And that's the one of the reasons why we have, um, like, the, the swimming qualifications to even get through the Navy yeah. is because there were people that was, like, you had to jump off this ship. And that's why they try to, like, they emphasize knowing the backstroke because, like, you had to get away from the boat because, like, if the boat's sinking right there, all those waves and stuff, you they can't just have the rescue boats right there because you're going to get caught up, you know? So um, that's why they have you do the backstroke and they just do that to, like, get to those rescue boats and everything, like, 50 yards out. But I think the USS Yemen is, like, the biggest thing where, of, like, people not knowing what to do, how to fight the fire, to fight the casualty, like, effectively, and they lost the ship. You know? And I'm guessing you learn about all this stuff in submarine school or Correct. The Navy. Yeah. So, yeah. So is you this learn... general Navy knowledge or is this like specific to submarine training and stuff like that? It's both. So like yeah. damage controlling is it's a big thing for surface Navy as well. And we learned about it in the regular Navy, like when I was going through basic training. But it wasn't emphasized as much because in the surface Navy, you got a whole rate for that. You have damage control, man. That's their whole job. You got people that are specified in that, you know, specializes yeah. what, in that. What, firefighters? Yeah, exactly. Board, yeah. Essentially, yeah, they're the firefighters. They're the guys that know the casualties. They're, they're uh, damage control, man. Like, they're all, they're, they know how to fight every casualty it is. But on the submarines, we don't have that. So, you, like I said, you only have 150 people compare it to like the thousands of people that some of those aircraft carriers have so that's why you need to know like that how to fight a fire or how to fight flooding and stuff like that and so that's why when i went to sub school that's written in blood like that's why they don't really care like if, if there's anything when you're doing trying to get your fish there's one thing you need to know is how to save the ship. That is yeah. the biggest thing because, like, there's a lot of been there's been people who, like that's died from that, you know. Yeah. So it's written in blood right there. So you were an E five. What, what's you know? What'd you learn about leadership in your time? I mean, this is how many sailors did you did you lead as an E five? And so know? yeah, as a E five, what I led like so for the executive department itself, there's not a big it's not a big department. There's only like three of us in that. Like well, like so what like three enlisted guys. I was like our chief, me, and my junior guy, and then the other two people in our executive department, well, other three people, was the EDMC, which is our engineering uh, department master chief, which I ain't leading him, and then our chief of boat, he's running the whole boat, and our executive officer. He's the XO, you know? (laughs) So, like, but what helped, and that's why I qualified in other stuff, is that, like, I could lead 
like the other guys what I was doing stuff like electronic plot operator. I was like one of the best like for as an electronic plot operator and I got a I got a navy achievement a, a marine corpsman award, you know. I got a name for it, you know. And then even for like even when I like not for the photometer but like I did do a lot of leading because I took on some collateral duties like uh I did a command fitness leader. So I was in once I got qualified I was ready to run my own command uh like my own fitness program down there just so we can stay fit and stuff even while out to sea. And when I say like like my leadership came in part really big on end because we had some of the most People think that military, every military guy is, like, the most, like, fit guy ever. I don't think that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all, man. We have some fat fucks in the, <laughs> fucking, in the Navy, bro. Sure. It is, bro, like, bro, there's some fat fucks in the military. Right? <laughs> yeah. but, but, like, but especially, like, in the, like, submarine community, because, like, sometimes those dudes can just get complacent, you know? And then they're like, oh, well, I'm underwater. Like, I can't keep up on like when my fitness i'm like man we had a treadmill back there we had like uh the row machine we had a pull-up bar we actually had a like like a bench and then we had those power blocks you know yeah. so we had like a lot of shit that you could stay fit so i had to take on collateral duties to really learn how to like lead other people and so but i mean i learned a lot from there man like um just basically like i think the biggest thing where i learned being an e5 and how to lead better in the submarine community compared to other communities because since we was such a tight-knit community you get people from all walks of life right so there's some people i know how to talk to better than others like there was like a lot like some of the other guys like probably from like the rough areas and stuff like that i know how to relate to them guys yeah. and try to like, get them to follow me and do what i need to do because we can sure show a certain amount of respect to each other right but there's you know you have some of your spoiled you know rich and pompous guys that I don't know how to really like connect with them on that level. Then you have probably you had a lot of rednecks too, <laughs> you know, like which I'm not used to how to talk to rednecks. And so when it would come in with them, it's just like how do I connect with them to get them want to like listen to me and what I'm doing, you know? So you had and then you have like you're really like maybe like kind of lazier, like really nerdy guys, you know? Like you have different people from walks of life, and I think like me being a leader down there in the submarine community, like because we were such a close in the community is that like i'm around those guys every day i get to learn more about them and i get to understand where they come from and the experiences they've had yeah. and then after a while you learn like man some of these guys are not too different from the shit that i went through mm -hmm. just yeah. because we went through different shit doesn't mean that they didn't go through shit you know yeah. like for instance like, i had a one guy that like he was he was like he went through his own struggle like he had, he had a lot of money and stuff but he had a tough time of being accepted for who he was because, like, I mean, like, he was gay, you know? And then, like, his parents, like, they felt some type of way. And then that was the, back in those days, that's when, like, you know, like, being gay, like, people always made jokes about that shit, you know what I mean? Like that. And so he went through his own struggles, like, internally. But I'm, like, you know, I went through the struggles internally about myself. Like, not, like, being gay or anything, but, like, just, like, about my identity and stuff like that. So once I was able to, like, relate to that guy, I'm, like, man, like, I would have never thought I was, like, this guy would go through any struggle because he came from a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I would definitely say, like, I, that's what helped me get in the leadership role when I became more open-minded to other people. Because before, I was a close-minded person, like, I'll only chill with these one specific type of people, you know. Oh. But then in the submarine community, man, you're just like, like these guys are like, they end up being my brothers, man. And I, I didn't care like where you were, if you were black, blue, red. I don't give a fuck, man. Like yeah. I, I trust yeah, exactly. you with my life, and I, you know, and I want you to trust. Uh, I want you to trust me with your life, you know. And so once I got that down and packed, then we learned to just like 
you know, just like help each other, lead each other, you know. It wasn't really like sometimes like having too many chiefs, like there is a thing like I say too many too many chiefs, not enough Indians. But the perfect thing was that we understood that and everybody was able to be a chief if we needed to be. But we always know when to let the other guy do his thing on certain like certain subject experts, you know. Yeah. So that's why I would definitely say like I got in that leadership positions like when I start taking up other collateral duties and I started really connect with these other people, being around them every day, and then just went from there. I would definitely Man. say like my leadership has definitely grown being a submarine community than I think I could have done in the surface navy. You had a super interesting four years. Yeah, man. Like I said, like it's just like. The submarine community, like itself, is like that's a that's a brotherhood, man. They, that's why they say like getting your dolphins is probably one of the proudest moments I've had. That ceremony, or will have, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like that's I don't I don't think I don't think like out of all even when I graduate college, like in like like another year, I don't think me graduating college is going to feel the same. Feel the same as me getting my dolphins. Finally, get that pen. Finally, yeah, because I you mean, put that pen right there, and all those guys punching my freaking warfare pen into me. You're probably graduating with a bunch of pussies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. So, but like, yeah, and then like, I don't know, man. It was such a great time. Though. Like, like I, I love those guys to this day. I still there's guys that I grew up with when I was younger that I don't really even contact no more. But there's guys that I've like, and I've known them for way longer. But these guys, I was on the submarine more, like, like submarine with, like always stay in touch, always stay in touch with those yeah. guys, man. Well, shit, I mean, that's like me and Ryan. We we were stationed in Okinawa like 20 years ago. Yeah. We just we've been in contact that whole time, and yeah, <clears throat> the military just puts you through, through certain things. That it's like sucks so bad that you got to go through it with yeah. someone else, and that's I mean, that's kind of a bond you can't break. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I tell everybody too. And it's like, it's like, like being being underwater for so long it does suck over time. Boy, it does it suck, especially yeah. since like we were in the time where the women wasn't allowed on board. So women is still not allowed on fast attack submarines though, because fast attack submarines you just don't have that space to support their needs, aka their own birthing and their own bathrooms. Like I said, we only got four bathrooms on board. Yeah. The newer Virginia class submarines. I don't know about tampons the tampons will clog that shit up oh quick. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> Yo, you think I'm cleaning the tampon? Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead, your go, fucking mind. Go ahead, go ahead, and transfer me off this month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, kick me out, bro. Give me that other than honorable, right? <laughs> but no, but um, but yeah, but the newer submarines, like the Virginia class submarines, like these are like the top of the line, most high tech submarines. I think a lot of them are, like, guided missile submarines, but they're bigger. Like, those things are so huge compared to fast attack submarines. Yeah. But, yeah, now they, they actually support women now and everything. Is that how, – how recent is that? Do you know? Is oh, that, that, was like, that was, like, when I was still in that, when they started for so finally po- implementing. So, post-2014, then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely post-2014. Fairly recent. Yeah. But then, like, it was rough <laughs> starting to get women on uh, the submarines at first because, like, like they they first started with the officers, right? And a lot of people was like, we don't know – if we should allow women on submarines. And then they're like, okay, let's just give it a try. It is like, we got to respect them, you know? So they allowed a woman on a submarine, like a female officer. You know what these fuckers did? Like, I forget. Like, I think it was like, like not not too long when they, a female officer was introduced. Them fuckers, there was a skin on one of the subs that like, they found a fucking like camera phone or some type of camera in her shower shit, bro. Oh, shit. And doing that to a fucking oh, officer. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like the reason why, the exact reason they said women should not be on submarines, that shit just happened, you know? So they wanted to put in the case. 
But, I mean, once they got there, but once again, it's like one of those things, like, a few bad apples can, like, it, it can ruin a whole bunch. But, but this, it's but a small this, community it, already. Exactly, exactly. And then, like, at this point, it's like, bro, just get rid of those fucks that do that shit. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, that's like, you know. Yeah, like, but if you get rid of those fucks, there's going to be another group be of other, fucks. Right, come, right. But then, like, I mean, that's just with life, man. You just got to weed it, keep weeding them fucks out. You yeah. feel I me? Mean? Like, and then, like, I think, I think women should be allowed on submarines, personally, just because it's like, at the end of the day, is whoever's like, qualified. Yeah, exactly. If you're qualified to do the fucking job, you, know, yeah. you do the job. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, a woman on a submarine is probably not qualified to dig a or to carry a 225 man out of a fighting hole. Yeah, exactly. But that's different jobs. You right. Know, everything exactly. should be a gray area. And especially well, with, like with women too, is like sometimes like they do offer different perspectives and like have different knowledge that could potentially help. Like with any military, like any at the end of the day, diversity is essential. Whatever you're doing, honestly, because like if you're just one minded, you're you're only one track minded. You're only like you're only used to one certain way of thinking. Then like how are you ever gonna grow? You know, like I said, like I would never have grown with how the way I did if I just stayed with the same group or company of people that I was with. I think women could do a lot of jobs to an extent of like certain things like there's nothing on a submarine that i think like a woman can't do now then compared to like some of the seal shit could a woman do some of the shit that seals can do sure but that's definitely way 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 rarer what percentage is that you know what yeah I mean? exactly it's just not like, like you gotta find yeah, it's like, okay the if there's crop, some girl you know? that can do it and pass the same test that the mills pass and carry exactly. then fuck it who cares exactly. but Show me it. <laughs> I was just watching a documentary on the divers, and they said that the I think one percent of the diver community is is females. Yeah, so. I am not gonna lie though. Like, I mean, I'm at the military now, so I can say this: every female diver that I ever worked with, or like some of the baddest, yeah, yeah, right. they were they was like, man, but like, but they were badasses though, you know. Yeah, like I respect them like my brothers. You feel me? Like yeah, I respect yeah. them like a man. Like they they they. Cause like with the, the diver shit is like if you go that route, don't think like you know like with regular navy for our PRT our physical readiness test is like for a man like if you're when I had to go through it at like 19, it was that like if I was at 19 and at my I think it was like just because of my body weight or no it wasn't my body weight, it was just my age, it was like I had to do like 47 push-ups in two minutes that's that's water that's cake you know and. For women, I think they they drop down now like, like twenty something maybe maybe if even that, but if you were going to a diver and to be competitive, if you were doing forty seven push ups. You trying to go to a diver and you only could do forty seven push ups in two minutes, then yeah, you wasn't making it. You know what I mean? That that was the minimum to go to dive school. You had to pass that because I think for us it's like you had to do like the minimum was like fifty push ups. I think it was like seven pull ups. You had to run like a you had to swim. Like a 500, it was like a 500 meter swim in like 12, 12 minutes, 30 seconds. And then your run had to be like 1230 or something, which was like 1.5 miles. Had to be like 12 minutes. But like if you were doing those bare minimums, you wasn't going to dive school. You had to be able to crush it. And so and they, they kept the same standard for women, you know, like just because you're a woman, if you can't do that. You can't do like 50 something push ups. Then like tough shit. You ain't going to dive school. You feel me? You ain't going to become a diver. You ain't going to be EOD. You ain't going to be sweat, you know. Yeah. And so but you have some women. That were but at the same time, if you're a, if you're a fat dude and you can't yeah. do all that shit, you're not going to be that either. Exactly. Yeah. So and yeah. So then like, yeah, some of the some of the women that were divers that I worked with. 
they were able to they were kick your ass bro like they were and they were able to do all that shit you know so they they had like a higher level of res- we had like a higher level of respect for them because like it's easy for a guy that's like 19 to bust out like 50 plus push-ups you know like if you if you're in that kind of like realm but like if you were a woman doing that you don't meet a lot of women that could bust out 50 push-ups so easily yeah. if you were a woman that could do that and then it was like that's very impressive because I know a lot of guys that I can't come nowhere close to, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, it's such a small population of the country that serves in the military. And right. then it's a, it's a super small population of the military that does really difficult yeah. shit like this. And so, and you know, if, if we're going to weed out, yeah. if we're going to weed out people that are willing and capable to do it, you know, that that's uh, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, it's like it's like finding a golden ticket man like you find a woman to do that and you're like that's for respect you can find anybody to do that yeah you know that's some of the stuff like either a submariner or like uh the special forces guy we have special forces guys that rode our uh that rode our submarines and then they come to us like they don't know how we live day to day like this man because some of the, the the living conditions is brutal on a submarine like it is it is pretty like bad bro like depending like i mean i'm a i'm a person that's like i've always lived in kind of like like raggedy shit, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm used to struggle, so it wasn't. It was bad, but it wasn't like nothing I wasn't used to. But it, for some of the like the more like I said, like the pompous guys, whatever, it's hard to go from living in like a multi million dollar home, yeah. and then like that your parents had, and then they told you to get your own fucking money, you know, and they didn't go. To, you know what I mean? You at least got to do something if yeah. you didn't go go to college. So they go to the military. Now they live in like <laughs> in like that kind of environment. Like them racks is like just small, you yeah. know, like like most of us is hanging off the rack anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. no so, more nice sweaters hanging exactly. around your shoulder. Right, right. Like, yeah, you don't have those. You don't have your uh, ugly Christmas sweaters. You know what I mean? You're wearing coveralls. Yeah, stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah. No, even those, even the special forces guys was like, bro, like this is some crazy shit. Like they, yeah. they, they respect us. Like we was, you know, how everybody loves to like respect the special warfare community as we should. But like those guys do respect us too, man. You know. What? So you're wearing number number one dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so you obviously you're a father. No, I'm not actually. Oh, what? So, okay, so your dad's number one. No, 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 no. <laughs> right, he's I'm nowhere out, near number I'm one. Out of, I'm out of guesses. <laughs> it's another no, episode, my, right? My, my, yeah, my dad is nowhere near number one. No. <laughs> so, what? Uh, this is a very funny story. Why I have this hat? So there was I was with this girl that like we were just having fun. We were just fucking, and uh, <laughs> there was a one point in time where she thought she was pregnant. And then, but she thought she had, like, like she thought, like, the it was a miscarriage. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this is bad. So I have some of the wildest friends ever, bro. Yeah, bro, I wish my, uh. some of my friends ever. But I told my friends, I was like, yo, like, I was like, bro, like, I think I got this girl pregnant, bro. And then she had a miscarriage. Is this a Lakeland story? No, this is a, oh, okay. this is an Ohio State gotcha. story. Okay, okay, <laughs> this okay. is an Ohio State University story. And so they was like, I was like, bro, I think she, she thinks she had a miscarriage. They was like, damn, that sucks. And and then, like, two days later, they was like, we ordered you this hat off of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that that's funny. Bro, my dogs are, like, dark humor. But I was able, nah, to, get, right. I was able to get my dog back because, um, actually, this is actually a really terrible story. But, <laughs> 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 but there was, like, um, there's my dog. He was, like, drunk one time. We were at this uh, bar that we all work at. And he was at, he was drunk, and he got with this girl. Mm-hmm. And they went to the bathroom or whatever. I guess she like gave him top or whatever. And then uh, <laughs> at the end, at the end, like one of our good friends, he knows the girl, and the girl dates 
a guy that's in the military and he was out on deployment. Oh, I was like, fuck, bro, that's yeah. even worse. And so, and then the funny thing is, so of course, like the homie had to tell the dude that like, yo, your girl just gave our friend top. But the craziest part is they had just signed a lease together. Oh, man, so man. they're about to live together. So Sounds I got him, like a typical yeah, right, military, <laughs> Joni, whatever. So I got him back by getting him a uh, home record shirt. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. And then uh, our other friend, he uh, he ended up getting chlamydia from a girl, so we oh, got a shit. we got a like a got chlamydia shirt, you know, <laughs> like got milk. It was, yeah, That's our nice. friends we don't give a fuck, right? I'll tell you, like if anybody's not from the military, listening, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, just t- typical military shit, you know. Like I would, oh, that, I'll definitely say that. All right, submarine humor. The submarine community is one of the wildest people. You get so bored on a like when you're out on deployment sometimes on a submarine. Uh, the the back aft guys, the engine room guys, are some of the weirdest people I've ever <laughs> fucking experienced, bro. They had like this this question: uh, how 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 crazy can I get on this? Like, I don't know. We're, we're on yeah, YouTube, man. Right. We're not on so, the FCC. So yeah. so there was this one question that we they used to ask, like to even get qualifications. So sometimes like we have this qual card, and they're like, okay, we're signing your qual card, even if you don't know like all the knowledge of something. Sometimes it was like, all right, so you got to answer certain questions. So it was like, they asked me one of my, one of my questions was, it was like, all right, so you go to the, you go to this like mountain, right? And then there's a goat and it's a magic goat. And this goat talks to you. He says, Hey man, like, I really like you. I want you, I want you to fuck me. Right. So do you fuck the, and he said, if you fuck me and I would have to have this magical power that nobody would ever believe you had sex with a goat. Like, you, you literally show them a video of you having sex with this goat and say, and they were like, that's not real. But if you don't fuck me, do you, and he'll make it seem that, like, everybody knows you fucked the goat, even though you didn't. You can, you can swear up and down, like, I did not fuck this goat. And then he was like, you're definitely a goat fucker. Do you fuck that goat? And I'm like... Oh yeah, like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want people. Like, I was like, imagine trying to go to a job. It's just go, hey, you know what I mean? You're like, hey, I'm trying to get this job, you know, further my career. And I was like, all I can thinking about like, is you fucking. Yeah, like you're the goat fucker. I'm yeah. good. You're like what? Like you know what I mean? So do you fuck that goat? Yeah, you fuck that goat. Like- <laughs> yeah, and this is a story that's probably like. <laughs> A hundred years old or something. Like, yeah, people been doing that shit on submarines for hundred. Exactly, but at the end of the day, it's just like at the end of the day, it's just like it was like that's like one of the more tamer questions. Like another tame question was pretty funny. It was like you have two chairs, you have to sit in one of the chair, right? So you have like either you have this chair with like a dildo, and you have this chair with like your favorite type of cake. So you have to sit on one. And eat the other, put your mouth on the other. Which one do you do? And I was like, well, you just sit on the dildo because at least you're getting cake out of the other one. <laughs> 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 but, but it would be like stupid questions like that, man. Like the submarine community is just like crazy, man. Like we had a furry on one of our, like on, there's a guy that was like into that dressing up as a costume and going on those weird parties type yeah, shit. Yeah. But Cosplay. he was, yeah, but he yeah. wasn't even like a furry. He was like, he dressed up as a dragon. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we caught him, bro. Like we were all drinking on a balcony, and then like, I he I guess he thought we were all gone. He was like walking out of his house in his dragon costume and like this big ass like dragon dildo, and we were like, hey, hey, like you know I ain't gonna say his name. I'm like we were like et et two. That's you. And he, looked, he was like, and he started scurrying off. Bro. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so how long have you been out now? 
Uh, I got out in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been out for a minute. Like I said, I'm about to, I'm actually about to be done with getting my degree over in Ohio State University. Nice. Nice, so, man. Yeah. So you're doing that, you're doing that online? Um, so right now, like I said, I came back to Florida just cause I like a family emergency stuff, but no, oh, yeah, and okay. plus like, um, plus like COVID. So a lot of stuff that did go online, but no, but like I live up there. Oh, okay. And so I'm only, I, I just left Columbus in January. What what are you getting your degree in? Uh, I'm actually double majoring uh, kinesiology and nutrition. Sure, so man. my my Good specific, for you, man. yeah, my specific uh, major is health promotion, nutrition, and exercise science. But it branches off into two different routes. So I can either go to kinesiology route and nutrition route. I was like, no, nah, I want both. Nice. So I'm doing that, and then I'm also in like a business fraternity because I eventually want to like start my own business. You know, like kind of like run, run like. So here's my dream right now is trying to like. The stuff that I learned with like fitness and stuff, like going to dive school, talking with a lot of like the uh, SAR swimmers and stuff like that, and like even guys that go buds, I kind of want to start a gym that specializes in that. Like if like, like if there's like young guys that wants to you know eventually become a seal or anything, but they don't know how to go about it. I mean like of course you gotta always go online and see like stuff like that, but. I would like a having gym. a facility exactly like, like have a facility that probably has that pool so that you get used to being in the water, has those like logs that you know you continuously hold up to try yeah. to like you know get used to the, the shit that you see in buds. I want to have this gym and have the facilities and equipment for them to get used to that. Yeah. So that's like my way of like eventually, like if those guys do it and then and we increase the success rate of buds, that's like my way of giving back. So, awesome. Yeah, so that's what I really want to do. So I really eventually want to like open up my own gym and stuff. Like at least learn like some of the like to a lesser degree because I don't want to be these guys continuously getting hurt and then like lawsuits and shit. Yeah. But like at least they could train to it, you know. Yeah. So and I kind of I want to hire guys that are like and that's in that kind of program. They did it, you know. So and they they become personal trainers. If I can get like special operations guys to like get their um, personal training license and or certifications and stuff like like that, and then we offer services like that. Then like that would be perfect, man. Really, sir? You want to end up in Ohio doing that, or are you gonna? No, so I'm I'm coming back to Florida for yeah. that. Yeah, because I love being on the water. Yeah. Now, now I used to get seasick. Now I love being on the water. Yeah. So in in conjunction, because I'm gonna I want to start personal training first because I'm already a certified personal trainer, but I want to start uh, continue doing my personal training business that I've been doing. And then also want to work as like a um, like a first mate on like a private boat or anything, just so like you know like during the days I'm not personal training, I'll go on the boat and you know teenagers or like freaking like college kids go and rent the boat out. I just chill with the captain, just you know just do first mate stuff, deck mate stuff, and like that. So I stay. I want to stay on the water, do my personal training stuff, get my name out. And like you know, like start my Instagram page, start like networking more, stuff like that. Traveling like, cause I go to like um, those Spartan races and stuff now, so those are pretty fun. I usually go to Spartan races. I compete every now and then. I've only done like three of them. I did pretty all right. Some of those guys are just yeah. Man, those some of those guys. Are, but I've done Tough Mudders and stuff like that, and it's like really fun. In uh, Ohio State, this is I don't know. Do you run into some of the big players that are on the basketball team and the football team? Oh yeah, that? cause like well, I'm a bartender. Oh, so okay. yeah, okay. so the, of course those guys are coming through. But yeah, no, I um, uh, actually I talk to and I link up with Zed every now and then. And Zed is a basketball one of the star players over there. Uh, he goes to this bar all the time called a uh, Big Bar or whatever. And I, I had I talk with him every now and then. Um, I talk to this one guy that's uh, I already forgot his name, but he's pretty big. Like he's like a upcoming like uh, defensive end for uh, Ohio State. And known almost like known as like oh uh, Jack Sawyer. 
So yeah, he's like they look at him like the next like uh, Nick and Joey Bosa. Nice. So like yeah, we go and link up with him. Like, he's pretty nice though. He's pretty nice. So yeah, you you I run awesome. a lot of those guys. Um, I don't really I don't know. I'm not I'm not like I'm not like a little you know like I'm not like that little kid that's like oh my god like you know you're right. a football right. player yeah, like you, mean you just like, like exactly you know like I just be chilling. But yeah, uh, you're not um, starstruck exactly. Yeah. Not like these like sorority girls or nothing like that. But um, but now but a lot of my friends are actually athletes. Like I have a lot of friends that are. Uh, and it was like on the Ohio State volleyball team. One girl I know that she's on the softball team. Um, we got some people like I'm, I'm talking with this one girl on the hockey team. I'm trying, I'm trying to get her right now. <laughs> but yeah, but no, nah, nah, you know, like you, you meet so many athletes over there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. A yeah. lot of people just think I'm an athlete, honestly, which is so funny. It's just like. I was like, damn, y'all you're black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really it. Bro. I was just like, I was like, I was like, damn, y'all don't think I came here on an academic scholarship? <laughs> it was like, it was like, you're an athlete, you play football. I'm like, no, it was like, that. oh, like you basketball? It. Like, no, I'm not an athlete. It was like military. I was like, damn, you really don't think uh, I got academic is the next one? <laughs> it's so funny, but like, I was like, yeah, you right, military. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but yeah. So, but yeah, no, nah, it's pretty good. I'm so glad I went to the military first before I went to college, though. I can honestly say, if I would have went to college as a like as the age of like the tender age of like 2021, 20, I would have filled out. Yeah, I would. I didn't have that structure. You know what I mean? Like I would. I got a. I would have got. I would have like immature me. Like back in those days, like I was like really immature. So like when I really started like making my own money and doing my thing because I, I, I grew up without having money. Right. So when I started really growing money and shit, I was like, you know, I'll be out drinking with the homies all the time, just like chasing tail and stuff like that. But I was still like, I still had that structure in my life where I like, I do my job. But like, if I was just winning military, I mean, college and then just like, I was still making my own money and doing my thing. I just would have yeah. been, you know what I mean? I would have been a kid, bro. You yeah. feel me? So I just wanted, <laughs> I didn't worry, worry about having fun more than like getting my shit done, honestly. The military really helped me structure just like, you know, you still have fun, but this is the way you prioritize your time and, sure. and shit like that. And so yeah. ever since then, I'm like, you know, this is, I'm so glad I went to the military, man. Like, I know a lot of people say, oh, I hated it, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. like I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. That's for damn sure. Uh, I only, the only reason I even got out is because I knew I wanted to progress further in it. But I would never say, like, I hate the military or it was yeah. a waste of time, man. Like, yeah. like, I would never be the person that I am without that military, man. Like. Well, I'll tell you, I, um, you know, I, I've, I went to college. I have a, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree, and I'm just like you said earlier, for sure. The bigger day for me that I remember is when I put the chevrons on, right? Uh, or no, I guess the Eagle Open Acre, yeah, on my, on my cover. You know, that was graduating basic training. That yeah. still ranks above all that. That was, and it means more in my life. Right. It's made, it's, it's done more for me in my life to go through the military than it was to go through the degree programs and all that. So, yeah. Uh, not, not to discount them, but. Yeah, not at all. But it's just like, I don't know. It was like during that time, like you, like graduating from college is like you have a chance to go to a higher calling. But getting your warfare pen or getting your rank and everything, like, you've achieved a higher calling. You know, like, you're actually doing something meaningful. You feel me? Yeah, right. And like, and even though it may be, like, minor to you, like, even, like, the littlest thing, it be like, all right, this is, like, minuscule to you. It means a lot to other people, yeah, you yeah. know? Like, everybody has a part in the military, bro. Like, we... No matter what you're right, even from a guy that's like like our logistics guys, or even the guys that are like our boatswain's mates, where it's like you know, or our whole technicians, like everybody has an integral part in the military. That like other other people's life in the military would be shitty without them. Mm -hmm. And so like, and it, like when I got my warfare pen, I was like, 
I'm certified that I could save my brother's life and anything ever happens. Yeah. And that's like the biggest, like, you know, especially coming from me, which like loyalty is like my biggest thing growing up. So especially coming from me, which like I had a friend die over the bullshit I was doing. Now that I transitioned to a person that could actually save a person's life from the shit I'm doing, Hell yeah. that's what made me, that's what gave me happiness in life. And that's why I took my warfare pin to heart, honestly. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, good. You said you got one semester to go? Yes, sir. Well, one year more year. One next more year. year. Yep. Next year. I are, so with that, are you planning on doing any like grad school or med school or something uh, like so that? I'm probably going to go to med school or try to do uh, physical therapy, go to PT stuff and get that yeah. down. You know what I mean? Like, 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 why not? You know what I mean? Because like, I think my, uh, I used to work for uh, Wexner Hospital over there in Ohio State. And so I think at the end of the day, like once I get the undergrad done, I want to go to Wexner and have them pay for the rest of my <laughs> pay for the rest of the shit because like uh, Wexner is way to do it. It's from Ohio State. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get this well, as cheap as I can on that GI Bill right now. Yeah. Right? So yeah, because the GI Bill covers uh, 36, 36 <laughs> months. So like, and then uh, like for like those kind of like once I get the undergrad done, um, once I want to go to grad school and everything, they won't cover that. Yeah. I mean, like there's certain there's certain situations where you could put in to try to get that covered, but and I'm pretty sure like if I really wanted to. I could, but I was like, I don't have to, if I don't have to go through them and go through that extra shit where I could just like work in a hospital setting again and then like get my experience in a hospital setting again, like you work for a physical therapy department and still get it paid for it. And I'm like, yeah, why not? You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, what a story you have. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you really have per- persevered and, and climbed and, you know, you've been awesome to meet the two times I've met you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Exactly, and that's what that's what I tell a lot of people too, man. Like, it's like sometimes it's just about like you know, like the people that you meet and like the the lessons that you learn in life that'll get you through everything. Like as humans, we are built to like overcome obstacles, you yeah, know. Sure. So yeah. like, no matter how hard shit get, you just gotta keep trucking, man. You know, yeah. like that's why I try to tell like a lot of my youngins that are like, you know, they're going through their own personal shit. I'm like, look, man, like I understand the shit's hard, you know. Like I went through a lot of shit growing up too, but like I mean, statistically, like before the age of 25, like a lot of a lot of black men die or end up in jail before the age of 25 and here I am 26 and uh, I'm thriving you know so yeah. that's I think that's the biggest thing like I like from where I started a lot of people thought I've been dead or in jail already yeah but nah you know what I mean like I overcame my obstacles I, I decided not to be a product of my environment and, and that's all I can do you know yeah. Like, yeah luck does play a lot of part in it you know what I mean sometimes you a lot of people get dealt a shitty hand but it depends like there's a difference between like try to get a new hand or if you just want to stick with it then like you're going to stick with it but like yeah. i'm not a person i don't wait on blessings i go out and get it yeah so it, it keeps coming back to choices exactly you know, choices that you make you know got to got so, to man like, i've made a lot of shitty choices in life but that's how you learn yep. you're going to make mistakes a lot of people are afraid to make mistakes and then they make that mistake they didn't want to quit it's like, nah, man, like you make that mistake and you learn from it. Where you're fucking up is if you make that mistake and you keep making that mistake. And then like that's where you go down that slippery slope, that snowball effect. And it's going to keep larger and larger because you never learn. It's madness. Yeah, exactly. It's madness. It is. It's Isn't true. that right? The definition of madness, madness is yep. to keep doing the same shit and getting the same outcome. Yep. I'm probably using the wrong word. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, the true definition of insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's insanity. Yeah, you're right. It's like, but the true definition of insanity is like doing the same stuff or doing the same thing and expecting different results. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well I don't know, man. We've we've tied you up for uh, you know coming up on a little over an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, appreciate you coming on. Of Seriously, course, bro. man. Thanks for having me, man. It's like my first podcast ever. Actually, uh-huh. it's the second podcast I've done before. I did another podcast with one of my friends, but like this is the first time I had it like in this kind of setting. Before we did it over like a Zoom because of COVID yeah, yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Well, but, it was like, fun. This was that. This was great. Yeah. I actually like enjoyed the setting. We'll probably do some Zoom stuff eventually, but we like bringing people in here and yeah, sitting yeah. in the studio with us and, you know, glad to have the opportunity to do that yes, with sir. you while you're down here in Florida. Yeah, so. thanks for having me. Man. We'll definitely be seeing, seeing you around. Yes, you sir. Uh, uh, and you f- feel free to hang out with us, you know, whatever you got going on the rest of the day. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but, yeah, thank you, man. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you. And uh, let's, uh, let's bounce. Wrap it up. Thanks, man, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, bud.